0: hello and welcome everybody to east to west weight loss surgery the podcast i'm april and i am the west and i'm jason and i'm the east we are here to support the bariatric community with humor humility and honesty and jason and i are dropping the truth bomb today Uh, this episode is all about tracking jason and i both hate tracking hate it it's a pain in our ass we absolutely despise it but we have come up with some creative ways that we track and we, we do it differently actually, we do it really differently. Uh, and we know that there's people in this community who are like hardcore trackers, they're absolutely amazing, And then we know there's a lot of people who are like us that absolutely despise it, don't like to do it, but recognize that somewhere along the journey, we're gonna have to track. Uh, So today we are just basically gonna deep dive into what tracking is, why it's important, what we probably need to track. And then we're gonna talk about some methods and some tools that we can use to track. Uh, So hopefully this is helpful or insightful for everybody in this community because it's something that we know we all have to do if we want to find success after weight loss surgery. So before yeah. we dive in though, you, sir, have some very important milestones that you have hit. Will you share with all of us the good things that have been going on in your world?
1: I do. I have a, a scale victory and a non-scale victory. It's very rare that those two things happen in the same uh, same week, let alone the same day. So. <laughs> I did, True. Finally, after being uh, stuck in the 320s for know, what it feels like forever, finally got down to 318, which actually makes me the full 150 pounds lost since I started my journey. Oh my God! And was also able to fit in a pair of what I call gold pants because it was the smallest pair of pants that I had in my closet at the time. That I don't even know where they came from, honestly. But it was a pair of Nautica khaki pants that were 44 in length or 44 in waist, and I was like, I, "It's going to be a long time before I can get in those." Because I was in a 56, 58 when I started this whole thing, and I was like, "Oh yeah, I won't be in those for for a long time." And I can remember saying that as far back as just a couple of months ago, even saying that. I'm like, "I don't know how long it's going to be before I can touch those." So I put them in the back area of the you know the recessed depths of the closet in the abyss yeah. that you don't ever go to because I knew I wasn't going to need them anytime soon but after seeing that on the scale I was like well I'm going to see if I can just try to fit these see how that works sure enough they slid right on uh and I wore them out today for a little while and kind of kind of feeling myself kind of doing a couple little airs I had to run today and <laughs> it, uh, yeah it was it was pretty great it was an, an amazing feeling something definitely to keep you know help us push and Every time we hit those small milestones, celebrate them, but don't go crazy and just keep it moving. Unbelievable. And you and I were kind of talking about this before, because I asked
0: you like, well, before surgery, where did you shop? Because you were in a size that is not common. So, you know, where, where did you, yeah, I mean, where did you shop? And then what, what are some things that you're noticing between your size now and your size before surgery?
1: Well, I did. Uh, I shopped at Casual Mail back when it was Casual Mail, big and tall, then it has switched over to, to Destination XL, now just DXL. And the differences that I noticed is just simply in the price of clothes. Like I can go to Old Navy now and pick up a, a polo for 20 bucks, 25 bucks, and a pair of pants for, you know, 25 or 30. And before I was paying $65 for a pair of golf shorts that may only last, you know, six months at the absolute most without, you know, Strings coming off and seams coming apart when you're just when you're big and all that moving around and sitting and moving around in your chair and stuff that you do for eight hours a day while you're working, it just uh, those things just don't hold up with that kind of weight behind them. But you know it's just the difference in sixty-five dollar pants or sixty-five dollar shorts and seventy dollar shirts. This that alone, you don't ever think about the amount of money you're spending on clothes and food and shoes because shoes don't hold up and you know, I'm going through two and three pairs of shoes a year because, you know, just the, the sheer fact that if they have any kind of air pocket or anything in them, those aren't oh, yeah. those don't last. No. They just don't hold up. It's just one of those things you don't really think about. You're like, well, wow, these shoes just didn't hold up that much. And I actually had a friend of mine who's been my friend since we were 15 years old. And he looked and he says, well, damn, do you blame them? And I'm like... <laughs> And I had to really think about it, and I was like, you know what? I don't. I really don't, because they don't make shoes like the yes that they'll go make extra wide shoes, or they'll make you know shoes to fit you know bigger feet. But that doesn't mean they increase the amount of material they put in them. They're still only made to hold. You know, they don't have weight ratings on shoes like they do on tires. So it's just not the same. So I, I, honestly, when he broke that down to me, I had to think about it and be like, you know what? No, I don't. I don't blame them for not being able to hold up under this big ass weight. Like, I just don't. So it really took somebody that, you know, was just real with me to be like, yeah, you know what? Cool. <laughs> I'm not mad at New Balance anymore. that <laughs> New Balance is back on my good list, not on my shit
0: list. Right. You're just thinking, you're just like, okay,
1: no, yeah, fair enough.
0: It is just so. It's just so crazy to think because when you are that size, you don't feel it. You don't. You don't know the impact that your weight has until things like that, right, happen. You know, things groan or moan or something breaks or you know your clothes don't last quite as long. But then the other side of it that you just really don't think about is that you know I think even though plus size clothing has really grown leaps and bounds in the last ten years, even I'll say it's still not the same and the the prices are not the same. And if you really want to be, you know, have your dollar go further, you're spending a lot of your time shopping those sales, which is right time away from you. And it's, you know, money out of your pocket and you just never think about it, but you have such a limited, limited, you know, limited places that you can go to shop for all of a sudden, when you do get into those normal clothes, it's like, Oh, I can shop at old Navy or I can shop at target and you know i mean like there's sometimes where you can get five dollar t-shirts at old navy so you know i mean that's not only are you helping your 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 health but you know you're helping your bottom line you know financially so to speak because now all of a sudden this whole world of clothing is now available to you because you can fit into it
1: yeah yeah it's 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 pretty eye-opening when you really because i have in my mind i'm like i had a whole closet full of stuff and I bagged it up and was like i have a, a girl that i work with who's got a boyfriend that's the same size as i used to be mm. and like, oh well that's awesome i can just donate this stuff to them and they, he can have clothes and my wife looked at me and was like you realize that's about twelve hundred dollars worth of clothes sitting there that you're just gonna hand over to somebody for free yeah and i'm like no but- <laughs> of it i was like now that you put it that way uh yeah okay i know it's so it is so hard i
0: i struggle i struggle with that constantly and uh you know i mean i've purged my closet quite a bit and there's still items in my closet that don't fit me will not look good because they're just too big and and i'm still a little bit stuck on you know am i ready to part with them because i love them but at the same time they don't look good on me so i'm not gonna feel good wearing them Right. But I mean, I mean, my you know, Grady, my husband also kind of had the same conversation with me. I mean, he's like, I'm really proud that you've lost so much weight and now you get to purge your, your closet. But, you know, I mean, there's thousands of dollars worth of clothes that you're just giving away. And, right. and you know, and I really had to have the, the conversation with him about, OK, well, I can try to sell them and and I would make some money, but it's going to take me some time. So is my time more valuable than the money that I would recoup. And obviously I'm not going to recoup it. I might recoup 10 or 15, 20% of what, wow. you know, what I, what I originally paid for it. you right. Yeah. So what I ended up doing is I actually went through my closet and I, I picked out, you know, the name brands or the nicest items that I could find. And I did end up selling them. I sold them to some of my friends and then I sold them on eBay, you know, and that was fine. And I think I made a couple hundred dollars, but then I also thought, you know, I, I I have gotten so much from this community, and I've just had so much come to me in my life that giving some things away to people who need and enjoy them and would appreciate them is almost worth more to me than than the money that I'm going to recoup. So, you know, it was nice that I was able to kind of do both. I was able to recoup some money to, you know, spend on new clothes for myself. And then I was able to, you know, gift some things back into my community who people, you know, to people who needed it. Because as you just said, being fat is fucking expensive. It's not only expensive on your health, but it's, you know, I mean, it's expensive in the clothing that you have to buy. So if we can ease the burden, you know, in our community, sometimes that's, you know, it's the price that we pay.
1: And and that's kind of the way I looked at it. That was my thought process. Um, I think some of them are so fresh in her mind because we had purchased them kind of right before surgery. We went yeah. in to pick up a couple of things and ended up spending a little more than we, you know, originally wanted to. But uh, the funny thing to me, like you're talking about purging your closet, I'm going to have to purge everything in there that doesn't fit me like that. Because every time we go anywhere, I spend 30 minutes in front of the closet trying to pick up shirts that I kind of had this small window of being able to wear. Mm-hmm. Well, I blew right through that window, didn't even know it. Yeah. And so I'll grab shirts and throw them on and be like, man, I, could, oh, I, I was so excited to be able to wear this. And I'll put it on and it's just huge. And I'm That's like, "That's too big. And so then I get in the, in the mirror and I'm like, oh, because I don't like the way it looks. And I do that until I've run through everything I know will not fit me. And I still try it on anyway until I wind up going with shirts that are that are that just fit me because I'm a little still uncomfortable. And, uh, you know, the, the confidence isn't really there yet. Yeah. So I'll throw one of those on, and then I'm digging and picking at it, and I'm pulling on it. My wife's like, "Stop doing that. It fits. It's fine." And I'm just like, "No, it really doesn't." And I don't know. And she's like, "You went around when you were big with stuff, just hugging you every curve, and didn't care. But now that you you have lost a hundred, you know, a whole person, now you're self-conscious about stuff touching your skin." And I'm like, I, "It's weird. I can't explain it, but I am like, it's the same yeah. thing I talk about when about my neck. Yeah. Like I want." T-shirts to strangle me now because i don't want you know in any little part of my neck that shows i'm like oh eh, stop like all self-conscious about it weird but it, i don't know it's it's strange but ever i'm sure everybody out there knows exactly what i'm talking about everybody's got that one part of the new body that they're just like eh, i don't know i don't care so i know i'm not alone no you no, you are not alone
0: and and as our bodies change our, our tastes change and i think too you know, when we were bigger, you know, we had, we, we took some pride in ourselves, but not really. I mean, you just can't hide it, right? So you're like, yep, oh, it is what it is. But then when you start to lose weight and you realize clothes can either accentuate or draw attention to areas that maybe we don't want to, we, you know, uh, a little bit of our, our vain parts of our personality come out. We want to look good in the clothes that we wear and we want to feel good in them because finally we, we have the ability to feel both of those things. So it makes sense that you are being picky about what you clothe your body in, because for the first time, it kind of makes a difference.
1: Yeah, no, and, and, and it, it definitely does. And I even went so far as to buy one of those body shaper slimmer tank top things to make sure oh, yeah. that I look, so I don't look like a bag of mashed potatoes. I <laughs> look like a bag full of mashed potatoes when I put a shirt on. And uh, so that is another thing that I've been trying to get myself right with wearing, but I was uh, not prepared for the amount of just on, on you those things are like that's just it's there's a lot of moving of the internal organs when you put one of those on like it doesn't care where things are want to go it no. puts them where they where they think they should go whether it's re, right or not
0: mm-hmm.
1: yep right uh, I, don't, I don't see how you guys do like the full spank suits and all that like Ooh. that so you guys are whoo Hey man, you got to, you got to commit
0: to it. And then you just, there's no turning back. Right. I mean, it's just like, this is what it is. I'm going to be an Italian sausage for the next 12 hours and, and you rock it. You just, it just becomes, but you know, it's like after you start doing something for so long, it feels normal.
1: Yeah. Right.
0: So for me now, after surgery, I don't have to wear spanks. I feel like I don't have to wear Spanx every day. And I got to tell you, like the feeling of denim on my actual stomach is real weird because I haven't felt, I haven't felt clothes on my skin besides Spanx in probably 10 years. So when all of a sudden you're like, oh God, that's, that's the waistband of denim. Oh, oh, I don't know if I like that. I mean, mm-mm. it just becomes normal after a while. I mean, we all know the routine, right? It's Spanx bra, then your clothes. No clothes aren't supposed to touch this part of your body, it's just spanks, man. This is the spank
1: zone, <laughs> <laughs> spank zone only. I like it. I'll take mm-hmm. it. Welcome, well, welcome to the, to the sausage, sausage side of life. <laughs> yeah, trust me. Because the first time I put that thing on, I remember my wife <laughs> had, to help, had to help me get it on, and then she had to help me get it off because I started like trying to get it off and I couldn't maneuver it right because it was super tight uh-huh. and i got to the point i was like you got to help me get this off or i'm just cut." i was like i'm gonna cut it up the middle i don't care <laughs> we just bought it it's gonna go in the truck. like i can't get it off and luckily this yeah. last time i put it on i was able to put it on and take it off by myself so it's getting a little nice. better but nice. i just not i was not prepared at all oh well, I mean, you're you're a little bit more fortunate, I
0: mean, w- with women, sometimes when you wear those camisoles and you go to take them off, right, they roll up a little too quick and they end up pinching your boobs. That's a real great oh feeling. Oh, no. Right? Oh, yeah. And which hurts like a mofo. And then, of course, the other thing, too, wait, just wait until this happens. When you're trying to take it off, you know, you got to kind of like get your arms under there and you're doing like this, this type of maneuver. Well, sometimes you'll, you know, go to throw it up over the old shoulder and then that'll get jammed. So that's real fun. All of a sudden you throw your shoulder out because you're trying to get your damn spanks off. Oh, oh my god I'm Telling you man, uh, the struggle is real. The struggle is real. That is crazy. I love it. Well I'm very excited and I'm very proud of your accomplishments. I know how hard you how hard you have worked. I know this has not been easy. I've been there before and man it feels it feels great when you when you reach those milestones. So Good job, it friend. Does.
1: I appreciate that very much. I, you, you t- helped talk me through some 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 pretty rough issues that I was struggling with with my last little stall there. So I, I appreciate you helping hold me accountable to get where I am today. So hey, every now and then we need an
0: ass kicking, and that's what friends are for, right? If our friends don't kick our ass, they're not really our true friends. So
1: one hundred percent.
0: All right, you ready to dive in? I am indeed. All right. Let's do it. All right. Our first question or our first topic, what is tracking? Hmm. You and I, oh man, it's a love hate relationship, but really when it comes down to it, tracking simply means that we are recording our self-collected data in a way that makes sense to us and others. And I think the key to tracking or the, the key to this definition is that Right, it's self-reported data. So if we're lying to ourselves, if we're recording something that's not true, we're wasting our time. So for tracking to actually be worth our while, it, it has to be truthful and it has to be meaningful to us. Right, so if we really don't care about our sleep right now, why the hell are we spending the time tracking our sleep? Right, we really need to focus on the things that are most impactful in the moment and and things that are truthful. Because if we're not doing those two things, then this is all for naught. And if our doctors can't use the data that we're collecting, it's also kind of meaningless. I mean, obviously this information is very important for us first and foremost. We have to use the data that we are collecting to help us identify patterns and make changes. But when we're so fresh out of surgery, and even when we're not fresh out of surgery, if we have this data and something's going on and we need medical advice, that data is so necessary, right? For our doctors and our surgeons to help us problem solve and, and to make meaning out of that. So, you know, tracking is just really all about collecting, collecting this information that's gonna be meaningful to us in the moment or, or long-term and meaningful to medical professionals.
1: Yes, definitely.
0: Yeah, I, I, when I was fresh out of surgery, I was I was meeting with my surgeon often. I was meeting with my dietitian, and the data that I was collecting was a huge component, a huge piece of letting me know if I was on track or if something was wrong. Because if we've had surgery, we all know there does come a moment where you you wonder, oh my God, is this right or is something wrong, right? You and for, I mean, really, right? Fresh out of surgery, it seems like every little thing that happens, you're like, oh my God, right? Like, is is something going wrong? But to have this data that we could then share with our doctors was critically important, critically important. Uh, So we have to make sure that, that, like I said, that we're collecting it and and we're collecting it in a way that that's meaningful for others.
1: Well, and eventually, you know, you get to a point after you've spoken with your doctor, spoken with your, you know, uh, dietitian and talked to all the nutritionists and all that, you you end up kind of learning how to read it on your own. Mm-hmm. So in between appointments, the tracking data that you collect, you can kind of use that to make sure that you're doing, you know, what you're supposed to be doing. And that if you do have a fear something's off, you can always go back to the data and you have the material you need to kind of read it in a way that you've been reading it with your nutritionist or your surgeon to know that things are in line.
0: Yes, Yep, exactly. You know, and one of our favorite sayings, you and I, is, I mean, you and I, we're on the same page. We are not trackers. We don't enjoy it. It's not like our favorite thing, but we know that it is important. And I think sometimes there, there are moments in our store in our journey, I guess I should say, where we are on tracking, right? Something has happened. We need some data and we are, we are committed to it. And then it kind of falls, falls off the wayside, uh, right? But we always say, you can't change what you don't track. And that is so true because every time you and I have a conversation with each other about like something that we're noticing or something's not going right, you and I, the question that we always ask each other is, well, you know, well, well, what's been going on, right? Or like, well, how's your eating been? Or have you been getting your water in? Or have you done measurements? Our first question is always back to tracking. Our first question is always like, well, what data do you have to support what you see going on? Which is right a fancy way of saying where's your tracking? Like where, you know, where's your evidence? So it is so critically important that we that we track. But it can be hard for a couple of different reasons, right? Tracking means that you are doing more work on top of the work that you are already doing when it comes to recovery. And that can just seem like you're dogpiling, right? Like you're already so focused on nutrition, you're already so focused on on protein. You know, you're focused on not falling back into your old habits or you're dealing with, you know, body issues. I mean, there's all these things that are going on in life on top of your regular life, which could be job, family, friends, finances, right? You got all this other stuff. And now I've got my bariatric stuff. And now I need to take more time out of my day, quote unquote, to track, right? So that, that can be hard. And then I think the other thing that complicates things is that it can be complicated. I mean, sometimes tracking is really, really easy. It's simply a mark on a piece of paper, that's tracking. But sometimes, you know, your doctors, or you really wanna know, well, calories or protein or macros, fat, you know, water, grams, ounces, you start throwing in all of these other words and it just complicates things. And that can be another barrier to, to tracking.
1: Yeah, definitely. Well, and also, as similar as you and I are about the data collected from tracking and the things like that, we're very different in the way that we actually track. Because yes. you will go through and actually chart and track and write down, because you're a, you're a, a right, you're very much read-write. You like to write things and have the physical raw, like ink on paper data, and. I just, off the cuff in my head, I'm like, yeah, I did that, 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 carry the one, too. okay, that's where we are, and I just measure it out on my bottle, my water bottle I have that has the ounces on it, I just kind of go from there, because I don't write, I, I can't take the time to write anything down, because I'm always doing stuff, like, I, I just yeah. don't. I've never been a tracker of any kind. I don't I can't do it. Even with the apps, like, and that's the other thing. It's whether or not you do it in your mind or physically write it down or use an app because there's so many apps out there that can help you do it. Like to sit there and just say you can't do it in one form or fashion, it, it's, it's kind of silly because there's so many tools out there to help you do it that yes. even in, in just the most primal form of tracking, whether it not be like, Okay, I had a protein bar. I had eggs. I had this. So there's my protein goal for the day, mm-hmm. and water is going to be this. So I mean, even if you just kind of loosely do it, you're still tracking in some way, shape, or form. It may just not be as detailed as other, you know, as as others. Are. And yep. that's okay.
0: Absolutely, yep. And and we're we're really going to dive into that today. We're going to talk about how you and I track uh yeah because we do we, we do we do very different styles but i think it's important to know as you said there is no excuse there is no reason for any of us to not track in some capacity and we can get very creative with our tracking just like we can get creative with protein we can get creative with tracking and the key to all of this is to try different things until you find what fits your life it's like the goldilocks goldilocks approach you know and it's more than just like you know, we have, this feels good. There's other things that go, that goes into it, but you, you, you just have to keep trying because I think the, the biggest, uh, struggle when it comes to tracking is that, you know, that if you track, you're going to have to confront reality, right? No longer, if you track, can you say, Oh no, I got in all my water and I did this. and, And I, you know, I, I burned so many calories today because if you don't actually have the data, you don't have that evidence. So you can let your brain, you just tell yourself stories that are totally fake, that are not true, and you believe them. And then before you know it, you have completely derailed yourself and you say, well, you know, this is just ridiculous. Like the surgery isn't working and nothing's working. Well, no, it is working. It's just you're eating shit constantly and you are not facing the reality of the decisions that you're making. So it's really hard because when you com- when you're committing to tracking, you're committing to to facts <laughs> you're committing to the reality that is your behaviors and that can be hard to confront sometimes for a lot of different reasons right and we've talked about this many times right eating sometimes gets us through tough times or it's our old habit it's, it's what we turn to because it's comforting um you know it's comforting to sit on the couch and do nothing it's comforting to drink a glass of wine and, and have cheetos right it's it's comfortable to numb out but that's not healthy and that's not why we had the surgery. So, right, there, there's a lot of internal struggles that, that go on with tracking. It's more than just like, well, I don't want to take the time. No, you don't want to face reality, which is understandable. But if you want to make change, you have to live in reality and you have to track.
1: Well, and that's, a, you know, a lot of it too comes down to the accountability standard. If there's, if there's nobody to blame, you have to look at yourself and see what it is that you did or didn't do what you know you didn't take those extra steps that you kind of fudged your way into thinking that you did Mm -hmm. or you know if you're in a situation like me you know you ate something you weren't supposed to eat or you know you had a couple of things you weren't supposed to eat Mm -hmm. and you know at that point I don't have anybody to blame I have to look at myself and hold myself accountable and say you didn't hit your goal because you didn't do what you were supposed to and there's people out there that are really comfortable in owning that, up to that, and there's a lot of people out there that can't own up to that, and you know they have a hard time with it. Those are people usually uh, that don't aren't a huge fan of, of tracking and keeping track of those types of things. So it you know really from the accountability standpoint, that's the best way to do it. If you're gonna hold your, if you don't really have a a big enough support system to lean on or or somebody that's gonna be honest with you and hold you accountable on a day-to-day basis, you're gonna have to hold yourself accountable and tracking is a great way to do that. It is because at the end of the day, there is nobody to blame. There there is, you, you
0: can't shove your decisions on the actions of somebody else. The only thing that we really have control of in our lives is how we react to things that are going on externally and, and internally. So even if somebody's pissing you off, even if somebody's done you wrong, you know, you fill in the blank, it's your responsibility to, to react to that in a way that is best for your health. And by tracking, you have to acknowledge that. Not yeah. easy, not easy. Right, so why is tracking so important? Well, we've, we've we've kind of already covered this, but if we really want to implement lasting change, the only way that we are going to do that is to operate in, operate in facts, is to make decisions and make changes based on factually what, what's happening in, in our lives. We just know if you want to be successful after bariatric surgery, Tracking is one of those like pillars. It's one of those tools that has to be in your toolbox if you want to be successful. And we're gonna talk about lots of different ways that we can track, because there are lots of different ways that help us be successful. Uh, But that lasting change only comes if we change our behavior. And the only way that we know that we're changing our behavior is if we are recording our behavior so that we have something to compare it to. We all know what we did before surgery, that led us to our high weights, right? We don't necessarily need to, to go back in time and try to track that. We know, but we can use what we, we, we can use that memory of what we used to do and compare it to our factual evidence that we are collecting when we're tracking to, to make those comparisons. That's, that's key.
1: Well, and, and, and another thing that sometimes may scare people, they'd be just be like, I can't just do this forever. And that's something that you're not really gonna have to do forever but it sets a good, it forms a good habit for you to just kind of mentally keep track because eventually you're just going to know. You'll just settle into a new normal, which kind of comes with the stuff that you know to eat, it's your 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 new habits that are better habits than our old habits. And the, the old food that's not good for you kind of fades out and all you're left with is the new better foods and the things that you know lead you to a successful place. And that becomes your new normal. And so the tracking at that point can kind of fall away until you see that, you know, you've stopped your progress, but you haven't reached your goal, Mm -hmm. or you reached your goal, but now you're starting to, you know, starting to digress back to maybe you've gained a couple of pounds, or maybe you realize that your stamina is not the same as it used to be. And you feel like you should be doing more like those are things where you can always bring it back into the fold. It's not something that you'll have to hold on to for dear life, like a safety rope from here on out. But it's always something that's nearby that you can always go back to, to get yourself lined back out again as you're moving forward. Yes. Right. And, and what you and I often say, it, it
0: rings true to this too. If we do what we did before surgery, if we live how we used to live before surgery, after surgery, we are going to weigh what we weighed before surgery right? So I would guarantee you before surgery, you didn't track. There were a lot of things that you didn't do. And now that you are living life after surgery, you do have to live differently. You do have to do some different things. If you want to weigh something different, then you can't live as you used to live. And I would challenge you that one of the new things that you need to implement is tracking in, in some form and, and And albeit consistently. Now, granted, my tracking changes often because I get annoyed or I get right. There's there's reasons why why I do what I do, Uh, but I still track. I still am collecting data. Whereas before surgery, I would collect data sporadically, right? So we really do have to get in this mindset of, you know, well, well, I don't want to do this. Okay, well, did it work for you before surgery? Right? Did this mindset or did this strategy work for you when you weighed three, four, five, six hundred pounds? No, it did not. So clearly that strategy of not tracking, of not being, of not living in your reality did not work for you. So you have to try something else because this is, you know, you,
1: you've you taken the leap. So now you really do have to change. Uh, well, and that's, that's it goes back to one of my favorite quotes, to get what you've never had, you've got to do what you've never done.
0: Oh my God! And, we got
1: to make that into a graphic. <laughs> well, and I mean that's that's the thing. I mean, you, you can't like just like what you said. I mean, if you you can't you can't get to where you've never been or only been on the way up. You know, you didn't live at the you know s- some people were fortunate enough to live at a consistent skinny weight before they gained a bunch of weight, um, but to, to get back to that place, you've got to be willing to go to 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 do things you haven't ever had to do. Because when you lived at that weight, you just lived at that weight, whether it be time or age or metabolism or whatever caught up with you and, and had you gain the weight, you know, you weren't having to live any kind of certain way to be small and healthy. It just happened for you. And now you're on the other side of that and you're gonna we're gonna have to work twice as hard to get back to that level and have to actually sustain it. So that's the hard part. That's gonna be what we've never had to do before. Yeah yeah so,
0: and that because it's something new right we we lived our we lived our life for 5 10 15 20 30 40 years the way that we did and we weighed what we did if we want to if we want to weigh something different we're going to have to implement some different tools and we're going to have to implement some different habits
1: 100%. yep
0: okay so what should i track is always the question that that we get often and and we kind of think that there there are three uh, you can fall into three categories. You can be a basic tracker, you could be a data collector, or you could be a deep thinker. <laughs> and there are different things at all levels. So if you just are, if, if you're finding the motivation to track or if you are committed to tracking, you absolutely have to track the basics. And that is your macros, your vitamins, and your water, right? And macros for me basically is, is protein, carbs, and fat. That is what my surgeon has said needs to be tracked. Uh, and I did track those, those three things very consistently about six to seven months after surgery. And then I totally fell off the wagon and then I signed up again for Weight Watchers. And that has been my saving grace, uh, from really month eight until now Weight Watchers does track all of those macros. All that data is stored in the app and I can access it at any time. I mean, every, every macro, more than just those three things, sodium, uh, you know, fiber, sugar, added sugar, all that kind of stuff. Uh, but, but the app tracks it. Weight Watchers has its own formula, it's point-based, blah, blah, blah. But I track macros, I track vitamins, uh, and I track water. Uh, tracking this ba- basic information is going to provide the insights into what we need in terms of figuring out what's happening with our weight right? Because people ask, or, you know, ask us all all the time. They're worried about stalls. They're like, oh my gosh, you know, I haven't lost month or I haven't lost weight in a month. Something's wrong. And the first thing that you, you and I always ask them is, okay, well, how much protein are you getting in? How much water are you drinking? And are you taking your vitamins? And 99% of the time they go, well, I don't know. I don't track. Okay. Well then I can't help you. Like there's nothing I can do for that. Well, you know, then we're just going to be like talking about air basically, because if you don't know, well, then I certainly don't know. I can't offer you any insights into that.
1: Right. Right. And, and usually, you know, you can just give them the basic, well, you probably need to up your water intake. you probably need to lower your, you know, lower, whatever your calorie, you know, caloric intake, raise yep. your protein, those t- just mm-hmm. normal basic stuff because we don't know. So yeah. you come back with some actual data that we can kind of sift through. You know, we're just kind of shooting and hollering and shit at that point. Yeah, right. Because the, the other thing that you
0: and I talk about often, I mean, clearly we, we talk all the time, but right, we always say, okay, well, is this a stall or have you slipped? Right? Are you slipping or are you stalling? A stall is something that every birchick patient experiences. Right? Nobody nobody is immune from the stall. And and what the stall is is when you are following your doctor's guidelines to a T. When you have the evidence that says, no, I'm getting in my protein. I'm eating low carb. I'm not taking in a lot of fat. I'm getting in my water. I'm taking my vitamins. When you're doing all of those things and you have the evidence of that, and you're not busting out of your macros, you are in a stall. And that just means your body needs time to recover. Your body needs time to catch up with what is actually happening. It's your body going, Oh, what the hell is happening? Right? It's realigning. That is very normal. And it probably should be happening when when you are hitting all those macros because your weight is just plummeting, right? But when you're slipping, it means that you are not doing what you need to do. You're falling back into into old habits. You're eating more fat, you're eating more carbs, you're you're drinking more, you're consuming more. You're doing something outside of what you should be doing and you are slipping back into your old habits, right? And if you don't have the evidence of that, then it could be a stall or it could be a slip, but you're not going to be able to have a truthful conversation with yourself or anybody else because you don't have the evidence, right? So you can sit there and talk to your blue in the face and you could say, well, I'm getting in all my macros and I'm not busting out of it. No, I'm not eating 5,000 calories a day. Well, there's no evidence of that. So technically I could say, well, no, you're totally blowing it. You're slipping. And nobody wants to have that conversation, but you don't have the evidence.
1: Right, you could be eating sticks of butter for all we know. We have no idea. You, you know, you're not tracking, you're not telling us, you can't tell us what it is, and we can't. I mean, that's that's just one of the things that, that tracking helps completely. Yes, right?
0: So, so if if you are looking for the place to start, start there. Absolutely start there. And there's lots of ways to do that. We'll, we we'll talk about that uh, here in a little bit. Uh, But if you're good with the basics, or if you want to dive in a little bit deeper, then you can definitely kind of go to the the data collector status, right? That's where you're tracking your macros, your vitamins, and your water. Plus you're looking at calories, you're looking at your activity or your exercise, and you're tracking your sleep. So that's definitely a much more holistic uh, approach to tracking. People ask me all the time, well, how many calories do you eat a day? and i can honestly say i i don't know i don't know i could look in my weight watchers app i could sit down and i could figure out that information but if i if i'm getting in high protein if i'm drinking my water and if i'm staying within my weight watcher points which equates to based on my bmi it's going to be somewhere between 1100 and 1400 calories a day then then i'm you know i'm within that that healthy range which is exactly the range that my surgeon says that i need to be in and it's actually a little bit low even for my for my metabolism. Uh, but I, if I really wanted to get serious about it, I would also track, track my calories. And I know a lot of surgeons ask for that information as well. So I would say if your surgeon wants you to track your calories, that should just be a part of the basic things that you track. And there are a billion apps out there. There are a billion different ways that, that you can track your calories. But if you want to go a little bit deeper, you, you would track
1: those things as well. And I don't think that's a bad thing to track In the beginning, maybe in the first, you know, probably I would say month three to six or seven. I don't think that's bad uh, because it's just an extra added kind of bonus for you to get it in your head as you start to realize the things that your body can tolerate because it takes a couple of months for you to branch out and try to figure out exactly what your body will and won't tolerate. Yeah. So that way you don't have a tracker based on stuff that you can't really eat or that doesn't long term sit well with you. So, you know, you keep those couple of months on there and then once you've kind of sifted out the stuff that won't work and only added the stuff that will work, then, you know, like I said, you're kind of building a database in your own mind of things that help you be successful. So that you can continue down that path and that'll be your new normal of things that you can consume and still stay on track and that other stuff won't even be in the tracker because you're not going to mess with that stuff anymore.
0: Yep, absolutely. And I know, I think you and I both right after surgery, I tracked my steps. I have an Apple watch. I I made sure I wore my Apple watch every day. And I had a goal for myself of getting in 10,000 steps today. And it was key to, I think, my my very quick recovery after bariatric surgery. Uh, So yeah, I mean, again, tracking this information can be really important and, and it can be more meaningful at certain points in your recovery. It might not be as meaningful later on, but and again, right? It's nice to know that you can flex these things as you need them, and you can flex them to meet, uh, you, you know, your needs in the moment. What's meaningful now might not be meaningful later, and that's okay, right? As, I think as long as you're doing tracking along the continuum of your recovery, you are you are good to go. And then I think if you really want to deep dive into into all things, you could track all, you could do all those things. And you could track your mood, your noticings, your wonderings, and and your cravings. That is a really big piece of information that can be that final puzzle piece that you have been looking for, right? If you're just wondering like, okay, I just don't get why my weight is stalled or, you know, I, I don't understand this. If you really start paying attention to, am I eating more when I'm stressed or, you know or something happens at work or something happens in your personal life and you instantly go to a glass of wine or you mix yourself a drink that's a really big noticing and if you have that data you're going to very quickly be able to go oh this is why this is happening and once you have that information you can change how you react in those situations but if you're not tracking that information you're just you're just guesstimating you're just throwing things out into the universe you might not be able to identify the cause of your slip or your stall as quickly as you would like, or maybe you will never identify it. And then all of a sudden you're going to be looking at your scale going, Oh my God, I've gained 30 pounds. Oh my God, I've gained 50 pounds. I mean, we, we all know people, uh, you know, in, in this community who have done exactly that. And then they go, Oh my God, I've gained all this weight. And I don't, you know, I I don't understand why I've been so stressed, but, eh." and it's like, well, it's it's food or drinking. It's it's you know it, it's one of those two things. Um, so if we're if we're tracking our moods and if we're really paying attention to what's going on in our in our reactions, that can be a huge piece of data that we can use to find success again after surgery. Oh,
1: definitely, yeah. The 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 trigger factor when it comes to stress and things and mood and, and all of that as a whole is just plays such a huge role in in doing what we're doing. And you know. We, we often talk about the stories we tell ourselves. Um, we like to tell us, ourselves that we can handle stress a hell of a lot better than we really can. And whether it be stress or depression, or I'm not really depressed, I just had a bad day, or I'm not stressed, it just didn't go, you know, things didn't happen the way I wanted them to today, or whatever you want to tell yourself. But if you have that data to support... And it shows that every time you spike in stress or you spike in having bad days or your mood changes, but also your weight fluctuates as well, You know, that's gonna be something you can look back on and go, oh, maybe I'm not doing this as well as I thought I was. Or people like to say, well, I'm not a stress eater or I'm not an emotional eater, that, that doesn't affect me like that. And some people may not be, not everybody equates food with emotions and stress and things of that nature but some people do and don't admit it. And so when you're faced with the cold, hard facts of the data, you don't have a choice, but then figure out how to go about making changes and adjustments when you're faced with those problems. So people like, like myself, I'm in a job where I have about five months of the year that is just hammer down, all hands on deck, we're busy, and it's our busy season and it's a one period to another period and then things start to slow down then we get the holidays and the first of the year and stuff where it really calms down then come around spring break time things start to amp up again and then we're back in the, you know we're back knee deep again for the busy season so i know for a fact that when i'm busy and, and things are crazy that it's going to be a little more stressful for me, and I have to figure out ways to kind of combat that, so that I don't do the same thing, or I, you know, don't tell myself, well, I don't have time to fix a, a good lunch, so I'm just going to eat this. Yeah, I don't have, you know, you fool yourself into saying, well, I can't possibly take time to do this. Well, what I've figured out with myself is, is yes, it only takes two seconds to bo- to pour a bowl of crackers. And it takes, I can literally from my seat, I can stop what I'm doing, get up, go make scrambled eggs for myself that are a lot healthier than a bowl of crackers are. Mm -hmm. And I can do that from start to finish, which means eggs, everything was in, was put away. I can do that and come back to my desk in seven minutes and 30 seconds. So the difference between the two is, is I can keep crackers by my desk so I don't have to get up at all and just pour the bowl and keep it moving. Or I can get use that break to get up and move around, get some steps in, move around the kitchen, cook a healthier alternative. And then use the steps back to my desk. And not only have I re-energized myself from getting up and moving around, but I have a healthy alternative than just eating a bowl of carbs that I know I'm going to crash from later. You know, the differences is just in in how you combat what you tell yourself. Yes. And don't always believe the lies that you tell yourself. Because we can fool ourselves into anything if we talk long enough. Yeah. Well, we we fooled ourselves. We, we've
0: all fooled ourselves into thinking everything was fine when we were super morbidly obese. Everything was not fine. Right. But we listened to our stories. Yes. Right. And it's just, it, it, what, what you said. So perfectly highlights. So, so many different things. And even though you don't track how I track, at, at some point in the last couple of weeks, you looked at your trash or you you looked down at to where you were keeping crackers and you saw boxes of things and you went, um, that's not good, right? And then all of a sudden you saw your weight stabilize or you even gained a little bit. So even though you weren't writing something down on paper, you had some evidence that you basically tracked and you were able to go, Okay. This might be the easier option, but this is not the best option for me. The best option is for me to stop doing this and to go prepare a a healthy meal, right? And even though it wasn't the most convenient and it took more time, it was definitely the harder option. It is the best option. And to make that choice is difficult in the moment but once you do it a few times it becomes easier and easier and easier because you feel better about your nutrition you feel better about the choice you made you feel you feel better about the movement but that's a hard place to get to and you would have never gotten there if you had not tracked in some
1: way right yeah definitely knowing knowing the difference of looking you know in my little cracker hidey hole and seeing four (laughs) empty boxes of crackers And fooling myself into, well, we don't have any eggs, so I can't make any eggs. Yeah. But, you know, I get off at three o'clock in the afternoon and stores are open and I have a car and I can drive my happy ass to the store and buy some eggs. But I didn't. But I did drive myself to the store and buy more crackers when Mm -hmm. I was out. Mm -hmm. Uh, Totally bypassed the whole egg section where I could have bought those and just Mm -hmm. done that. So, you know, it, it's one of those things, you know, you tell yourself, well, we don't have eggs. Well, guess what? When you get off today for work, you're going to go buy some. So you're going to have some for tomorrow. Right? Yeah. And that's just the, this, the subtle changes and little difference because, yeah. you know, being stuck at 324 for a month, easy a month, If it, it was probably a little more. So I'd go from 324 to 320 to 319 to 324. Couldn't ever get to 318 that's my 150 goal but i'm like i'm I'm back and forth i'd be 322 324 323 321 322 and it's just it went like that for you know for over a month and then finally i got to the point where i was just like what you know Is i know what i need to do and my mental taking mental note because like i've said before i'm a creature of habit and i know normally i eat around the same things whether I just you know, swap them out from time to time and just making those subtle changes and guess what? Oh, voila, I finally got where I am. It's not magic, it's not rocket science. No. It's just the simple fact of if you track what's going on, you can make subtle adjustments and get where you wanna be. It's a miracle, but not course, really. Right. <laughs> like Alec Azam, like no dude like you know what it is like stop lying to yourself and make
0: Mm -hmm.
1: it happen Mm -hmm. amen amen brother all right so how
0: should I track so if you if you are now convinced that tracking is something that you need to do but you're going "Mm, how should I track we have some ideas for you uh right so you, you you need to track in a way that is consistent and meaningful for you and, and what we mean is that you need to try a bunch of different systems until you find the one that you can do consistently and, and add some value to, to your own life. So what I do might not be great for you, what Jason does might not be great for you, but there is a system out there, there is an app, there's a program, there's a way that is gonna be just the right fit for you, right? And you really need to commit to tracking data each and every, each and every day. So however you, all these ways that you try, make sure that, that you come up with something that, that makes sense for you. And usually what is the easiest way to, to do that is to, to think about habit stacking, right? So think about something that you do every single day already. So, so something that, that you have done for years, something that is, is just absolutely consistent for you and use that as your starting point. So for me, I brush my teeth and I wash my face every single night. I could be almost fall down drunk and I'm still going to wander my ass into the bathroom and I'm going to brush my teeth and I'm going to wash my face. So when, when, when I learned about this habit stacking technique, I thought, okay, so if I I really needed to incorporate vitamins uh, into, into my day, I was having a real difficult time with that. And I said, okay, well, I always do these two things. So if I can at least take a vitamin at night, I'm, I'm, on, I'm on the right path. So I simply move my vitamin bottle up to my sink. So every single night when I go to do those two, two things, I take my vitamin and then I brush my teeth and I wash my face. And ever since I did that, I have really not missed my vitamins. And I just had my blood work done. I, I shared this with people in the, in the last episode. That all my stuff came back and nobody said anything, which means I was completely in the normal range. So clearly that worked right i i i I was able to stack that habit you can do the exact same thing with tracking if there's something that you do every single day consistently that is where you can stack tracking onto what you already do so if every single day you make coffee in the morning i'm going to track that coffee i'm going to track what i'm doing i'm going to write it down i'm going to put it in my app as i am making that coffee right? All you're doing is saying, I already do this one thing consistently. I'm just going to add on this little teeny tiny other thing, right? To, to, to habit stack it. So this month, I've been very inspired to get back to tracking, which is something I haven't done. Uh, I'm going to track habit stacking. I'm going to use this technique when I actually eat food. So which is crazy, right? We all eat. We do it consistently, even if we're not doing it at the same time. So what I'm going to do this month is I'm not going to eat whatever I have prepared for myself until I track it in my Weight Watchers app, right? So so nothing is really changing. I'm still gonna make whatever I'm gonna make, but I can't actually enjoy that deliciousness until I have tracked it in my app. I'm habit stacking, right? A super simple, simple way of adding something into what you already do. So Jason, what, what's what's something that you do consistently? What What's something that you want to pay more attention to this month or what's something that you want to track? And what's something that you could stack it to something that you're already
1: doing? I'm going to work on my water intake because while I get enough to keep from being dehydrated, I don't feel like just based on my, you know, checking the, bat, the, the color of the urine output that I'm... Uh, <laughs> I'm where I need to be, you know, a little TMI there for the, for the beautiful people that are watching and listening, but. Hey man, know, we, we all
0: pay attention to our ones and
1: twos. It's, we it's. All, yeah, we, once you've had the surgery, that's something you look at. You check, mm-hmm. you check the color, you check the consistency, you make sure you're good. Mm-hmm. So yeah, just checking the, the, the coloring of it. It's, it's rare that it's as clear as I want it to be these days. Like it's not, you know, it's not dark by any stretch of the imagination, but it's not as light as it could be. So not I, know, I know I'm getting behind a little bit. So I'm really going to start associating uh, more water with every time I get up from my desk, I'm going to refill my water. Because a lot of times if I get up, to go to the bathroom, do little stuff, I won't. It, I won't. And I was getting to a point where in the morning, the first things I did was I would grab my protein shake, make my Gatorade with Miralax, and then grab water but I was finding that by the time I got through the protein shake and the Miralax Gatorade that my water wasn't cold so I stopped refilling it until I was done with everything else well being done with everything else didn't trigger me to get up and refill the water and get busy on it it would be well I'm going to get up in like 30 minutes anyway so I'll just refill it then and then I'd forget and then before I know it it's you know, eleven thirty in the morning and I haven't drank any water except for the Gatorade Miralax mixture that has water in it when I took my medicine first thing that morning and so ten ounces of water and it's I've already been up since, you know, seven o'clock. Yeah. Yep. And that many hours have passed, I could have had twenty four ounces of water in by yeah. then on top of that ten, yep. and I just didn't do it. So now it's going to be first thing in the morning as soon as i'm done with that mirror life i'm that's going to trigger me to get up and fix that water and get busy perfect
0: i love it Yep that that's a great habit stack and it, and it seems so like ridiculous because these are things that we do anyways naturally we we don't even think that like getting up every now and so often or even like eating is a habit but if it's something that we do consistently we can we can stack something on that and and it can become our, our highway, so to speak to, to making these changes in our life. So habit stacking. Yeah. An, an awesome, awesome way to, to, to build in these new habits, uh, of tracking. And, and I think it's important too. like Jason and I, we, we've kind of already talked about the different ways that we track. There are so many different ways to track. It is so important to commit to one. So just say, you know what, this seems to fit like how I operate. I'm going to try this for a week and collect data for a week. And if at the end of seven days, you, you look at the data that you've collected and it's spotty, then maybe that's the great time for you to go, okay, well, maybe this didn't work as well as what I thought it would. So now next week, I'm going to try this and just keep tweaking, keep trying, keep changing things until you look back on your week and you go, Oh, I did that six out of the seven days, or I did that every single day. Right. And then instead of changing anything that following week, just say, OK, now my goal is I'm just going to do this consistently again. And you just constantly keep keep up with what you're doing. And then before you know it, it just becomes it just becomes a, a, a natural thing.
1: It just becomes something that that you do all the time. Right. And it's not a perfect science. And like we've said, you know, all through this episode, try everything, try it all. Just don't try nothing. That's that's the biggest thing. Just try everything in there. Nothing says it's all got to be forever. Just give it a shot for a couple of days. If it doesn't feel like it fits you, try something else. Mm -hmm. Just don't get to a point where you think, well, none of this is going to work for me. So I'm just not going to do it. Yes. Yep. And the
0: other thing that makes incorporating, you know, tracking into your day is make it as convenient Uh as possible. Right. So like for me, it, where my vitamins used to live was not convenient. I would forget them. They they weren't seen. Right. And it was like, well, this is stupid. If I really want to do this well, I need to put them in a place that makes it so stupidly easy for me to take them, which meant I just moved them to my bathroom instead of in the kitchen where they were. So there you can make things very attractive. You can make things very easy by just making small little tweaks uh, and we we absolutely encourage you to you know to to do those things. So you know when when you're thinking about like okay how am I going to track? I think there are some questions that you can ask yourself that will kind of help guide you. Into a tracking system or a tracking method that really kind of fits your personality. So, you know, one question that you can ask yourself is, you know, am I more of a one-stop shop type of person? Am I looking for one centralized location where all this data can live? Or do I really enjoy using multiple platforms, right? Do I do I like having multiple avenues of, of data? Um, so I know, um, a one-stop app or one-stop shop that Jason and I both have used in the past is an app called Berrytastic and it tracks everything. I mean, anything that you could possibly want after bariatric surgery, this app is for that it is specific for bariatric patients. It tracks your BMI, it tracks all of your macros, it tracks your water. And when I say it tracks, you are inputting this data into the system. Uh, but it's, it's a one-stop shop for everything. I don't know if the app costs any money off the top of my head. It don't. No, okay. It doesn't. Okay.
1: Uh, no, it's, it's on Jason. Completely, it's, free, completely free. And you literally can't like April's like, you can literally track dude, you can every I on. was amazed, amazed.
0: Uh, a great way to track your measurements, a great way to track, I mean, just yeah again I mean, I mean it probably even does sleep I think at this point. It might even connect to like Apple or Fitbit health. Anyways, it's a great single single tool if you are more of the one-stop shop type of person. Uh, if you are if you enjoy using multiple apps, there are a myriad of uh, of apps. I mean, y- anything out there you can absolutely find. You can find an app specific to track your activity. You can find an app specific to water. You can find an app specific to uh, sleep, right? And and they all function in, in, a, in a different way. So know that if you are looking, if tracking everything right now seems a little bit overwhelming, maybe finding an app just for water or maybe finding an app just for your vitamins would, would be helpful to start. And then you're going to stack that habit onto a new one. So just know that there are programs and systems out there that will, that will fit your needs based on you know, how how you like to to present your information. Uh, The other question that you can ask yourself is, do you enjoy creating things or do you enjoy finding new and interesting apps and tools? Um, Right, the key to finding what is right for you is just to to continue to to try something and then then assess. Um, I work online. I am constantly on my computer. I'm constantly on my phone. And I got to a point where it was like, okay, I just can't find the one thing that seems to fit all of my needs. I needed something for my personal life. I needed something for work. So I turned to, and if you guys follow me on Instagram or you've just been listening to us for a while, you guys know I bullet journal. Uh, This is just a paper journal. I enjoy being creative. I enjoy uh, thinking about how I can best display data so for me, using this type of system is great because it, it hits a lot of my boxes. I get, to, I get to be creative. I get to incorporate some color. I get to make it exactly how I want it. And this bullet, this bullet journal is my personal and my professional life combined into one. So in a lot of ways, this is my one-stop shop because uh, I, I track you know things monthly and then I can do things daily. So if something comes up in my life, I don't need to think about, okay, well, wait, where... Where is that piece of information? It's all here. It's in this one very nice compact journal. So just know that if you can't find an app out there or a digital tool that seems to be perfect for you, you could in fact create one, or you could use you know, just like a basic calendar, right? This is just like, I think I bought it at Target, right? It has, it has you know, the months and then it has pages for you know, individual days. You could use something like this, something as simple as this that you keep in your kitchen or you keep on your desk or you keep in a central location and you interact with daily, right? You could use this for meal planning. You could use this for your to-do notes. You can use this for tracking your, your protein grams and your ounces of water and your vitamins. You could you could make your own little check boxes in here, right? And every time you do something, you would just check it off. So, you know, there, there are creative ways to to make a system that is going to be just right for you. Uh, it just takes you, you know, branching out a little bit and, and, and asking yourself uh, these questions.
1: Well, and even if you're somebody that meal plans, uh, you can actually do a little bit of the legwork and figure out your calorie count on your meal plans. Mm-hmm. And as you're writing down what your meal plan is going to be for the week, if you write it out, Put the calorie count out to the side. That way it's a little yes. easier for you to look back and journal and put in your calorie count while you're tracking yep. that stuff. You can yep. you can break it down to calorie count, protein, you can do all that stuff while you're putting the meal plan down. So I mean there's there's all kinds of ways you can do this and make it work for you. Absolutely. I, I found that when I'm
0: developing like new recipes or when I think like, oh, that sounds good, right? Like I I will make I'll make a couple versions of it and then very quickly as I'm writing down what I'm putting in, you know, I'm measuring things out and I'm going, oh, that's 10 grams of protein or that, and that's three carbs, right? So I'm tracking something as I go. And then after I eat it and I enjoyed it, then I know, oh, cool. So this is the macros for this recipe. So now every time I make it, it's so easy to to, to track for me. I I put it in my Weight Watchers app. I, I already have the macros there so I can just search for it quickly and go, nope, I had overnight oats, boom, done. Right, because I think the the more the more foods that we can consistently eat, uh, the the higher levels of success I think that we find, and and doing that thinking in the moment when you're actually meal prepping uh, or or looking up you know new new ideas is is key definitely.
1: Yeah, becoming a creature a habit doesn't always have to be a bad thing. Uh, yeah. You can turn into you know you can make it work for yourself in ways that are only going to benefit you from here forward. So don't look yep. at that as a bad thing. Nope. Uh,
0: the other thing to think about too when you're when you're thinking about how you're going to track is really be honest with yourself. Are you more an analog or, or are you more of a digital type of person? Right? Like I said, I love all the tech. I work in tech, but I needed a break from tech, which is why I have consistently used the bullet journal for the last couple of years. It's what it's what made the most sense for me and I continued to come back with it. I do use the weight watchers app. And I love it. It's great. It's wonderful. Uh, but for most of my tracking, right, I, I went with, with old school analog. So really know yourself and know what is going to be the best fit for you. Uh, and then, other, two other questions you can ask yourself you know, Is it important for you to be able to share this data that you are tracking with friends, family, communities, right, your doctor easily? Or is this really just information that's for you only? Because if you want to share this type of information, sometimes doing it digitally makes it easier to share. I mean, you can still take a picture of what you're tracking on paper and share it. That's also easy, but something to consider when you are trying to find what, what is perfect for you. And then the last question that I would ask uh, is, or have you asked yourself is, are you more of a linear or a lateral thinker, right? Are you more like, okay, here, here's my order of operations, or are you more of a big picture, you know, looking at all these different things, you know, in, in one? Uh, because tracking can be both of those things. It can be very linear, or it can be very lateral. It can be very, you know, pictorial, or it can be very list orientated. Uh, so gravitate towards what feels right for you, and create or find something that really kind of checks off all of all of those boxes. Um sure you know, and really just ask yourself these questions and then start your search. Once you have answered those, because how you answer those questions is really going to determine what is going, what's the best method for you or where do you want to start in your, in your tracking journey? Yep,
1: definitely.
0: Yeah. So, um, Jason, I wanted to just take some time and, and share with our listeners or which or with our uh, watchers, what kind of our favorite tracking tools, uh, Tracking tools are. Um, do you have Do you have one that that pops in into your brain, or is there something that really has been working for you
1: recently? Well, I use Barrytastic for uh, BMI and for measurements, and everything else I just do. Like I've got my, you know, like I said, I've got my water bottle that has the actual measurement lines all up and down it. So yep. I use that from to track my water, and then Uh, protein I just do in my head because I'm still I'm just now at the 90 protein you know 90 grams of protein a day so it's pretty simple for me to track that part so and and how do you track it do you
0: so do you just know like okay today this is what I'm going to eat I'm going to have two protein shakes I'm having two eggs I'm having this and I'm having that and you know already before your day starts that
1: adds up to 90 grams of protein Right, because I do a a 30 gram protein shake off the jump and then my protein bars are 15 grams of protein. So there's that right off the top. Um, And then eventually I know that the chicken that I'm gonna have for lunch has got so much in it and what I'm gonna have for dinner, which is usually the same, has the same. So that meets or exceeds my protein goal. Perfect, perfect. And I too use the Berrytastic app. I don't interact with it
0: every day. Uh, and sometimes I don't even interact it with, with it every month. But every time that I either hit a new low weight or every time I take measurements, which I haven't in a while. So I think I'll, maybe I'll do that this week. I do enter it in there. And the other thing that I like about the BerryTastic app is it really tells you like how close you are to your next like BMI kind of yes. threshold, which I think you and I both are not huge fans of BMI, but it's unfortunate. I mean, it, it is what it is. So BMI is one of the many benchmarks that you and I use to, to track our progress. So the Beritastic app is, is great. I think you and I both recommend that. Uh, my two favorite things I've already said, my bullet journal and my Weight Watchers app. Um, I, I love the Bur- bullet journal because I really get to customize what I'm focusing on each month. Uh, so in November, I'm doing 70 ounces of water, 80 grams of protein, a plant-based meal a day, taking my vitamins, tracking my food in my Weight Watchers app, whether or not I've been active that day, meditation, am I reading for fun? And have I spent any money today? So these things can fluctuate month by month. And it's just nice that I can create what is meaningful for me in, in the moment. And I just use little boxes. So I'll just kind of zoom or make that close. Oh, I know it's yeah, okay. Right. Yeah. So just if, if I do those things that day, I check them off and you guys can see yesterday, I didn't get to four things and you know, it is what it is, but At least I have this data that I can go back to and say, oh, I've made progress or, you know, or or I haven't. And the reason that I that I really went to this is, like I said, this is my personal and my professional world. So I'm interacting with this every single day, even on the weekends, which um, which helps me track. And then the reason I love the Weight Watchers app, it makes tracking food so, so, so easy. They've got billions of things in their database. It's really quick to search. I can scan barcodes. I mean, it just, it makes it really easy. And what I have found too, Weight Watchers is really, it's a combination of two things. It's tracking your food and then it's attending um, your, uh, like, you know, they have meetings every week, basically. I forget what they're officially called now. But what I have found is that what we talk about in Weight Watchers is what I talk about with Wendy in my my counseling sessions. Because what, what is gonna be successful in the bariatric world is just successful for people in general who are wanting to lose weight right? So in Weight Watchers, we talk a ton about our whys. We talk a ton about goal setting. We talk a lot about stories. We talk, you know, just like all these things that you and I are talking about or that I'm talking about with Wendy, I'm also hearing it in, in Weight Watchers. So for me, it's just been the perfect combination of, of the support that I needed to, to really lose the rest of my weight. And it also forces me to interact every day and every week with my weight loss journey. So I can't let it slide off the back burner. I'm paying for it. I'm I'm scheduled to go to meetings. It just keeps me engaged in in this work in a way that um, I was having trouble engaging with it uh, before. So uh, the that's my that's my two big recommendations. Recommendations, of course, uh, Weight Watchers. You pay for, but I mean, it's it's worked for me. So. Uh, and the other thing that I wanted to make sure that we let people know is that your method of tracking, uh, Jason, is something that I often use sometimes as well. And I think it's important that that people know, if you're not tracking on paper and if you're not tracking in an app, but you you want to hold yourself accountable, you can you can try a method of tracking that really doesn't involve recording anything specific. But I think what what Jason does is he, in the morning, he knows exactly what he's going to eat. He has it planned out and he has it ready to go. You can even go so far as to make a section in your fridge and you put your day, your, your whole food for the day. So your water, anything that you're eating, you have already planned out for the day. And then when it's time to eat, when it's time to consume, you eat that. And then, you know, when that food and when that water is done, you are done for the day. You have met your macro goals, right? Like this is it. And you know that, that, that that by consuming that food, you, you have tracked essentially what, what is important for you that day. And that seems to really work well for you.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I don't, I don't have an issue with it. I mean, I, the, you know, the worst thing is I'll go over my water and then I'll spend some extra time in the bathroom, but it's not that big of a deal. Nobody's, you know, Water no. toxicity is not a thing for us because our stomachs won't allow it. So. No, no, no. And, and the other interesting thing
0: about doing it this way is that you're really kind of relying on your trash can and your recycling bin to hold you accountable, right? Because if you get to the end of the day and you have eaten and you have you've eaten all your food and you've drank, dr- drank your water and you find that you are still eating, then you are going over your, you're going over your goals. You're going over your macros right? So yeah. if you look in the trash and you see a box of cheez and a candy bar wrapper, or you see a couple cans of Truly, you know that you have not met your, you, you've gone above and beyond for your day. So you can use this method as a type of tracking to kind of help you, help you, you know, warm up into it. What requires a little extra effort or maybe not extra effort, it's just, it's the effort just comes in a different place is that you do have to be prepared. Right, you have to have your protein. You got to have your eggs. You have to have everything kind of ready to roll so that this system works for you. And as you said earlier, right, like sometimes not having that in your house can kind of get you into trouble uh, because it's not convenient.
1: Yeah, 100%. You gotta, you gotta hold yourself accountable to a point that not only are you going to continue to eat the food, but you gotta stay on top of it when you know you're running low. You need to get your backups. Don't put yourself in a situation where you're going to make a where you know you're going to fall back on bad decisions because you didn't make the right decision yesterday. So today you're going to force yourself into a bad decision because, you know, that's also part of our old, our old selves. We were lazy. We didn't like to do a whole lot. So procrastinate a little bit like, yeah, I could go to the store today, but tomorrow sounds a lot better. So I'm going to hang out today. I've got what I need today so and then you end up not going tomorrow for whatever reason and then you're stuck with well this is all I had to eat so I went ahead and just ate that And then you know it's like we said it just you go back to going to making those poor decisions you're going to go back to feeling poor living poor being just being in a poor state it's just not not the way you owe you owe yourself more than that
0: so true right? Bottom line, if you want to lose weight and then maintain your new low weight, you must be accountable to yourself. There, there's no way around it. And, and the way that we are accountable to ourselves is owning our truth, collecting the data, and then making changes based on what is actually happening in our, in our lives, not what we think is happening in our lives. Yep. I can't recommend, the other thing that I recommend to everybody is this book i know jason i talk about it all the flipping time uh jason and some other people in the bariatric community know that i'm a reader and a planner and i'm like you know if i want to learn something i'm i'm going to the experts this book atomic havoc by james clear is a game changer it helps me in so many ways uh just ad- adjust and adapt uh to life after bariatric surgery so many great tips and tricks about how to change our habits. And really the foundation of his book is it's what we always say. You can't change on track. That's like sentence number one in here. So he basically says like, you have to track things Here's here you, by, by tracking what you're doing, you are changing your habits. I mean, this book is foundational to, I think anybody's success, uh, after bariatric surgery. And, and I can't recommend it enough. So if you are struggling uh, to, to track, if you are looking to bring on board some new habits that will help you live at a healthy weight, definitely start here. Start with Atomic Habits. Ask yourself these questions about how you are as a person and an individual and your personality, and then find these systems and try these systems uh, to, to, help, uh, yeah, to, to to help you track.
1: Definitely.
0: Oh man, Whew. that was a lot, but it was a lot of good stuff. I definitely feel more motivated to track, uh, after this conversation, it's been building all week, but now this is really like, okay, yep. I got all these things just like fresh in my brain. Uh, I I feel like I'm, I feel like I'm off on a good direction.
1: (laughs) I think so too. I think, uh, I'm, I'm excited about what the next week will bring to see if I can rehydrate a little better than I have been. Yep. Yep. So we'll see Yep. So that was going to get going to ask. So in this week ahead, what are we going to
0: focus on? So you, uh, you're focusing on hydration and you're going to have it stack. Every time you get up from your chair, you're going to go get some fresh, cold, clean water and and enjoy it. Okay and I'm obviously, my, mine is tracking, just tracking, tracking and more tracking. Uh, one of my old friends from like way back in the day, she's also a Weight Watcher. She teamed up with her, one of her friends and they're, they uh, are doing a hashtag, they're doing a tracking challenge. It's called tracking till Turkey day. So basically from today, which is Monday until Turkey day, until the day before Thanksgiving, Their goal is to track something every single day. They made this super cute graphic. I don't know if you've seen it yet, Jason. It's like turkey and then like all the Thanksgiving food. It's super, super fun. So if you want to join me and Jason in tracking something every single day, head to our Instagram feed, find the tracking till turkey date graphic, take a screenshot of it save it to your phone and then commit to tracking something. Maybe you want to track water or vitamins or macros or protein or whatever you want to track, commit to tracking one thing a day with us and use that graphic. So every single time that you, every day that you, that you meet your tracking goal, go into that photo, edit it, make it cross, cross something off, and then post it on your feed. You can either tag us or use the hashtag tracking till turkey day, all one word. And then we'll see that and we will be there to encourage you on. So I highly recommend that you track with us.
1: Definitely. Please please do. That's going to be exciting to see everybody's progress. You guys are always great about playing along with things that we Try to implement, so that's awesome. We love seeing you guys, all your progress, and encouraging you guys on, and it just uh, it it helps us to stay accountable to ourselves, and helps us to you know cheer you guys on. So, yep, absolutely. So track with us uh, this
0: month, track with us this week, and and share with us in your progress, so we can so we can celebrate with you. All right. So what do we have coming up in the east to west weight loss surgery? universe jason what it, what it, what's on the what's on
1: the horizon well we're still uh still adding things to the website the website is live east yeah. to west yeah. east to west wls.com so please visit please uh, leave reviews please subscribe to that we also still have the youtube going on east to west underscore wls check us out there Leave reviews there, like, and subscribe for when we upload the podcast. If you want to see our beautiful and active faces, that's where we will be. Um, Then we also have, of course, the Instagram, West underscore WLS. You can follow us there. Uh, We're still doing uh, shout-out Sundays, even though I've taken the last couple of them off because we've had things going on. And uh, if you would like to be a part of that, please reach out to us and let us know. Uh, we'll be happy to feature you on there. Uh, you can instant message April or myself, or just the East of Wealth page on its own. Uh, we'll be happy to get back to you. And uh, other than that, I think that, I think I've covered pretty much all of it. What do
0: you think? Oh yeah, yep. And this this month, and really this season, we're kind of deep diving into into some different topics. So coming up in the next couple of weeks, and and in the season, we're going to be diving into our whys. So knowing and owning our whys. And, and really, I guess when I think about this season, it's all about the bariatric toolbox, right? Like what do we need in our toolbox to help us find success after bariatric surgery? Knowing and, our, our, and owning our why is very important. We're also gonna be talking with Wendy Rawlings again. We're gonna be really diving into these stories that we tell ourselves to either talk us out of doing something or to discourage us from doing something. We're, we're gonna have a really uh, powerful and meaningful conver- conversation with Wendy about, about our stories. And then something that people keep asking us after weight loss surgery, or we know it's a question that, that pops up in the community all the time, is like, are we gonna, you know, am I gonna be happier after weight loss surgery? It's a question that everybody asks. And uh, and we are going to spend some time talking about that. And then when we get closer to Thanksgiving, we're really gonna talk about you versus food, right? How do we overcome? How do we not overindulge? How do we still find a joy and a cultural connection, a family connection through food in a healthy way. So we're, we're we're going to talk about that. We're going to talk about our bodies pre and post-op. I mean, we just got like all kinds of stuff. We're going to be inviting uh, some people on who have had um, R&Y, which is a different bariatric procedure for us. We're going to compare and contrast our experiences and we're just going to kind of explore their stories some more. So we've got yeah, we got a lot of stuff coming up it's going to be really insightful it's going to be really fun hopefully it's going to add a lot of value to to your lives so if you enjoy what you are hearing if you enjoy what you are seeing please do let us know you can like and subscribe to this podcast and our youtube channel on your favorite podcast players and of course on youtube uh, and then yeah as jason said we're just going to be constantly growing uh the website so we're going to have product reviews. Uh, We're excited to kind of start dabbling into recipes. We always recommend things that we find and we love. We're going to be sharing stories. And then, of course, Jason and I, it's just a place where we can dive into things that are meaningful for us, where Jason's going to talk about his story. I'm going to talk about mine. We're going to share different experiences. And really, it's just there to to let everybody else know, hey, here's what we're going through. If you're experiencing the same thing, you are not alone. I think in the beginning of this podcast, it just cracks me up the, the Spanx, man. It's something that nobody thinks about, but everybody does it. And it makes my heart so happy to know that, right, even though you are male and I am female, we struggle with the same shit and we use the same tools to live our best life. That is, I absolutely, absolutely love it. Uh, So like I said, if if you do enjoy what you see, if you do enjoy what you're hearing, um, please do leave us a review. That helps us out a lot actually um, on the podcast platforms. Uh, it also helps us out on YouTube. I mean, it just helps us continue to to spread the word uh, and and grow this community. Uh, the other thing that I think we got really positive feedback on, too, is people are missing the virtual baratric meetups. So uh, it would be really nice to hopefully we can get one of those scheduled for November, maybe sometime before Thanksgiving, just to kind of give us some give us some uh, motivation and encouragement or support leading into kind of the Bermuda Triangle of the eating season. Uh, so be looking for that to, uh, to, to possibly be, be rolling out here soon. So we'll roll that out on Instagram. We'll probably talk about it here on the podcast and then of course the website. So by subscribing to all three of those things, uh, you are the first person in the know. So you get an email instantly, you get a notification right away so that you can go and, and check out that new content. And then of course, if you feel that we're missing something or if there's something that you would like uh, to hear discussed or see or read about, let us know. We, we love feedback. Send us a direct message, send us a message on the website. It's always Jason and I who respond. So um, yeah, that, that's how we, we make sure that we're producing things that are valuable to, to this community.
1: Yes, so. please do, please do. Anything you feel like we're missing, we'd love to. You know, we have no issues with, like we said at the beginning, We're not experts we're not perfect so if there's something that we're doing or not doing or missing the mark on something please let us know we'll be happy to make adjustments or talk about stuff that we haven't talked about yet Um, but honestly overall at the end of the day just know that uh, you've got this and we've got you so that's the most important thing couldn't have said it better myself (laughs) all right friend well as always thank you
0: for this very interesting and meaningful conversation uh, I look forward to uh,
1: to our next session soon. Yes, ma'am. You as well. I appreciate you. And uh, our, our talks are always fantastic. So I cannot wait either. All right. I'll see you soon, friend. All right. Bye-bye. Bye.